Blog Talk Radio. Jimmy Tactor. We had a chance to visit the Jimmy Tactor stable 
and unbelievable facility, by the way, in New Jersey. East Windsor, New Jersey, I believe, was the name of the town. That was number one. Number two, we had a chance to uh, sit down with Jimmy, and it was uh, a pretty emotional interview. That was the Saturday morning uh, before the uh, second day of the Breeders' Crown. So we really had a chance to sit down and and, uh, get into uh, his mind a little bit, uh, get some emotions out of him about always be Mickey and that big win, that thrilling stretch duel when he was able to outdo a wiggle it, jiggle it in the final strides. Uh, Plus, we talked to Jimmy about uh, a lot more things. So that is coming up towards the bottom of the hour. Plus, we've got ongoing series with uh, Pompano Park. Gabe Pruitt's going to join us, the the fine track announcer of Pompano Park. He'll tell us what's going on down in South Florida. Also, we're going to talk to the VIP Stable's very own Tom James. We're going to talk a little bit about the uh, ballot initiative coming up. Election Day is Tuesday in the state of New Jersey. Plus, we're going to talk about the Harrisburg sale coming up as well. So we have a lot going on on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by our good friends at Bet America. Let's see if Mike is on the other line. Mike? Well, if you had had me unmuted, you'd have heard me cough. No, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> That's right. But listen, we've got Nick Cirque in the on deck circle. But before we bring in Nick, Talk to me. <laughs> I think the cat's got Mike Carter's tongue. Now, the funny thing about this whole thing is Mike is sitting in Cleveland, Ohio, right? Actually, actually, I have to give a lot of credit to the Cleveland Indians. That It was one hell of a game. It was one hell of a series. Their time is going to come, but I have to tell you that uh, our time was now after 108 years. And I was actually going to do – uh, a little bit of a timeline of what happened 108 years ago and who exactly was the president 108 years ago and what has happened since then. But uh, I ran out of time and, and uh, didn't want to uh, go on baseball talk at a harness racing show too much. Anyway, Nick Zurich's on deck. We're bringing Nick on. We're going to talk a little bit about some moment somewhere, his experience, his Breeders' Crown moment uh, coming up next. It's Post Time with Mike and Mike presented by our good friends at Bet America. Hey, I'm Chantel Sutherland-Cruz and want to tell you all about BetAmerica.com. It's the coolest place to bet on horse racing on over 200 racetracks from America and around the world. New players receive a 100% bonus on your first deposit, up to $300. That's the best sign-up bonus available today. It's time to play the Bet America way. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads is an industry support group focused on promoting harness racing in Maryland. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads works hand-in-hand with charities involving children and horses, such as the Harness Horse Youth Foundation. Friends of Maryland Standard Breads is actively involved with organizations such as the Maryland Horse Council and the Maryland Horse Industry Board, working together to promote the horse industry in Maryland. Follow Friends of Maryland Standard Breads on Twitter and like them on Facebook. Hey. 
Some omen somewhere looks to kick on the outside, roaring to go under pressure. Idyllic Beach coming. Some omen somewhere. Agent Q is flying up on the far outside. They're coming down to the line. Idyllic Beach, Agent Q, some omen somewhere splits them very tight. Post time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. Mike Bozich along with Mike Carter. And right now we're joined by Nick Surink of uh, Some Omen Somewhere fame. And uh, Nick, I'll tell you what, it's going to go down in the record books, I believe, as the longest photograph, maybe not only in Breeders' Crown history, but all of horse racing history. It was sure a long photo for myself, I can tell you that. It had to seem like, you know, we were sitting up there, and we had a we had a pretty good vantage point, and we watched the replay, and from a vantage, and we weren't too far from the wire. We were on the roof. We weren't too far from the wire, and it really looked like you won, and I don't want to say easily, but it looked like you certainly had the full nose in front. You know, and, uh, you know, the, you you know, know and, then, and then, Nick, I got to tell you, and then we saw some different replays, and then we started hearing some things. There was a crowd up there, too. And then I was like, well, I wasn't sure, but I was thinking to myself, oh, my gosh, Nick's got to be going through hell right now. <laughs> Live, I thought I win it on the second replay. Uh, like, on the first slow-mo, I thought I got beat. And then on the third slow-mo, I thought I'd win. But, you know, and then, you know, five minutes into that photo, I said, you know, usually if it's that long, it's a dead heat. And, you know, I said, you know, I said to Hannah and Heidi and my mom, I said, you know, if we're second, she still raced great. I said, you know, a dead heat will be good. And you know, I was just kind of uh, at that point, I was just uh, thinking about the worst case scenario. Certainly. Well, Nick, take us through the race. Uh, obviously, the uh, the trip is shaped up quite well. She showed a very good late kick. Take us through the race and uh, your feelings going through, especially the early stages of the event. Uh, you know, I couldn't have been more happy sitting third behind the two favorites. Um, you know, let me just start by saying, you know, I think she's had 11 starts this year, and Marcus has put a picture-perfect drive on her every single time. And, you know, there's been times that she's come up empty and been no good. I think that's only been twice, but you know, still those two races, Marcus has always driven her perfect. And, you know, once again, you know, he, he got away per, he left good and sat behind the two favorites and, uh, going to the half, I seen, I think it was Corey first up with Nancy Johansson's horse. And I seen on the bottom of the screen, 75 to one and Marcus, you know, Sam, you know, Sam McKee had said, you know, Marcus patiently sits in and I seen she was 75 to one and we got, we got three to five on the lead. I thought, Corey would go away at some point we'd be able to slide over and get our chance uh and if not you know I thought Yannick would slide to the right and we could go to the inside so I was I was pretty you know I I was sitting pretty good at that time and I was you know I thought we had a good shot at it at least to be hit the board uh never did I have to think I was gonna have to worry about the 10 you know turning for home I'm just looking at David and Yannick and Marcus and you know the 10 kind (laughs) of the last 10 feet is when I seen that one come into the photo well, Nick, I got to tell you, it was a lot of fun just being able to watch that race. Uh, the question is, is uh, what is next for some moment somewhere? Um, she's in the kindergarten on Saturday night at the Meadowlands. I actually just watched a two-year-old Philly matron, and she was eligible to that. And you know, I was really heavy pushing towards going into that race because I knew there wasn't much going to it. And uh, Irv had talked me out of it. You know, it's a good thing. You know, he kind of calms me down sometimes because. You know, I would have rolled it right. You know, I got the racehorse mentality, and I rolled it right back in five days and went and raced tonight in the matron. But, you know, we got to think long-term, too. So, uh, you know, we uh, we got lucky. We got into the kindergarten final off a of one start and, you know, not a, you know not many points. 
Um, but we got into the kindergarten final Saturday. And then, you know, God willing, and hopefully, you know, she goes good and comes out of it okay, you know, uh, we'll go to the three diamonds in Canada next. Now, heading into the race, Nick, obviously you guys were a long shot. What were your expectations uh, going into that Breeders' Crown race? <laughs> you know, I I don't want to, you know, anybody that knows me is, you know, I'm a pretty confident person, and, you know, I I, I was kind of humble about it all week. I really didn't say much to anybody. You know, sometimes I joke around with Hannah, and I, you know, say, you know, it's, you know, I think we got a pretty good shot, and but I was kind of, you know, humble and just laid back. I really didn't say much to anybody. But, you know, deep down, I thought I had a, I thought I had a big shot at it. You know, the week before, the bias was against me. Uh, we were on the lead. We got snapped by a horse that had a perfect trip. And uh, she really raced big in Kentucky both weeks since Irv added Lasix. And, um, you know, I, I thought, I thought, you know, I just, you know, I, I thought she had a big shot. And, you know, I had probably 20, uh, 20-something people up there at the Meadowlands. You know, I never bring my mom or my brother or you know their friends and i i had a lot of people up there and i had some confidence in the philly and uh you know i, I thought we'd be okay visiting live with nick surick uh ownership uh part of the team of uh, some moment somewhere winner of the uh, two-year-old philly pace in the breeders crown and obviously uh like you said nick she's headed to the kindergarten at the meadowlands coming up this weekend nick uh tell us a little bit about okay so we went through before the race we went through uh, a photo that seemed forever. It seemed like it took good grief, probably a good 15 to 20 minutes, although it wasn't that long, but it seemed like it took that long. Uh, give us your feelings and your reactions when you finally arrived to the winner's circle. That had to be a special moment. Oh, that was great. I mean, like we were in the trotters there up there at the Meadowlands and you know, there's, I don't know, maybe 50 or 75 stairs from the up there to the bottom. I probably leaped over five or 10 of them. I probably made it down there in five steps. <laughs> <laughs> I grabbed onto the rail and I just started leaping and jumping and, you know, I was down there and, you know, it was, I, I don't think it really still hasn't sunk in yet. You know, he, I just, uh, you know, and I joke around with Heidi and Hannah and, you know, I always say, you know, I said, I just want to win a breeder's crown, you know, and being 28 years old, everybody wants to win a breeder's crown when you're, uh, no matter what age you are. And, uh, you know, luckily for me, it came, you know, earlier than it does for some. And some people aren't fortunate enough to ever win one. And uh, I, may, I may never win another one, but at least I got one. Last question for you. Um, you know, I've been on the East Coast for three years, and I've been watching Marcus Miller drive for quite a while, all the way uh, back in the days with the pink bike in Chicago. And, and as he was making a name for himself out there, and then, of course, he makes the move out East. It had to be quite an adjustment. For him. Um, I'm not so sure that I've ever seen a driver come a long way in such a short amount of time as Marcus Miller has. I mean, he has established himself out here. He's paid his dues out here. He's still a young guy, but he's paid his dues out here, and now it's starting to really, really result in some good things for him. Just your thoughts on uh, Marcus Miller and uh, how he is as a driver. You know, like I just said five minutes ago or whenever, you know, he's driven this filly 11 times and has put 11 perfect picture drives on her. And, you know, he's really never, he, you know, he gives you the, he gives you, you know, he gives you the best you got. And, you know, he gives you go, you go down swinging and you, you get the best chance you can. And, uh, you know, I don't really like, I don't, I never followed Chicago racing before he came out here, but you know, every time I put him on a horse, you know, I know he's live and he just, you know, he does a good job. You know, unfortunately, most of the time, you know, uh, you know, if the horse comes up no good, it's my fault or, you know, it's one of our faults. You know, it's not his fault. And you can never, you know, you can't fault him for that. But, 
I think, you know, I, I think he's making a name for himself. And I said to somebody the other night that uh, I really think that, um, you know, after this Philly win the Breeders' Crown, if we can have a little bit of luck this week and maybe next week, you know, I think Marcus has a real big shot at uh, – Rise the star of the year this year in the Oshawa banquets in Vegas come February. You know, I think, you know, he deserves it. And, you know, I think he's come a, you know, a real long way and done a great job. Nick, we certainly appreciate you joining us on the program. Listen, best of luck to you guys in the future. And I will guarantee you that there's many more uh, British crown championships to come in your future. I hope so, Mike. Thanks a lot. All right, that was Nick Surick, uh, part of the ownership team of uh, Some Omen Somewhere, winner of the uh, two-year-old Philly Pace edition of the Breeders' Crown, barely edging out Agent Q. We've got a lot still to come on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike. Gabe Pruitt's in the on-deck circle. It's our ongoing series, our continuing series about uh, Pompano Park, the uh, winter capital of harness racing. We're going to hear from our good friend Gabe after this on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. The New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program places retired racehorses into approved monitored homes and transitions them into second careers. New Vocations has placed over 350 retired standard breads the past three years. They are now accepting horses from all racetracks in the United States. New Vocations has facilities in Ohio, Kentucky, and Pennsylvania and is expanding to New York. To learn more, visit newvocations.org and on Facebook at New Vocations. Racehorse Adoption Program. Here at the stable, our mission is to provide fair market for owners of yearlings while giving investors the most informative way to purchase all of or part of a horse. The stable will cater to all budgets by having an open fractional buying market and a flat rate billing system. At the stable, we aim to minimize the risk in buying and maximize the benefit of selling. Visit thestable.ca or give Anthony McDonald a call at 519-400-4263. That's 519-400-4263. It's thestable.ca. We're back on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Right now, we're joined uh, by our good friend, Pompano Park track announcer, Gabe Pruitt. Gabe, how are you, sir? Doing well, my friends. I'm actually in South Florida now, so uh, things are good. Yeah, well, listen, before we get to this Pompano Park segment, it's our ongoing series with our good friends at Pompano Park, where we uh, take a look at the races uh, from the winter capital of harness racing. Plus, we talk about some of the payouts and some of the guarantees. But, Gabe, before, before we get into the serious stuff, Let's uh, let's just relax for a minute. Lean back. Relax for a minute, right there. Hey, Chicago, what do you say? Because we're gonna win today. Go, 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 go. Hey, Chicago, what do you say? Because we're gonna win today. Go, 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 go. I love playing that little bit, especially when Mike Trout is sitting in, in uh, Cleveland, Ohio, right now. You know what? Uh, despite your Cubs doing everything they could do to give that game away, you do have to uh, send out congratulations and uh, what a series and uh, well done. So at least, uh, at least my Dodgers were now knocked out by the uh, World Champs. There you go. Well, listen, 108 years, Gabe. 
108 years in the making. Think about how different this world is right now than it was 108 years ago. Can you fathom that? Yeah, it's just incredible. You would think uh, odds would be at some point they would have just tripped into uh, a World Series title in that long of a uh, stretch, but um, it's uh, it's incredible. Yeah, not not us. We go listen, Gabe. We go O for the century, my friend. O for the century. <laughs> but uh, it, 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 it was good. Yeah, yeah. Well, Mike, Mike, go ahead and get us started uh, on the right. I'm gonna I'm gonna put my headphones on and put myself on mute and listen to that song over and over. Mike, why don't you go ahead and steer us in the right direction? <laughs> listen, for the record, I want I want everybody to know me and Bozich are not speaking from this point forward, just so everybody knows. Anyway, Gabe, let's talk uh, let's talk Pompano Park a little bit, and uh, you got some wagering changes coming up uh, coming up starting on Sunday. Let's hear a little bit about it. You know, we do, Mike, before I dive into that, your Indians should have let Charlie Sheen throw out the first pitch. I thought that was bad taste. Uh, I was going to see Wild Thing in action. But uh, anyway, we do have some new medals actually coming up. We are uh, switching back uh, gears towards last season. We're going back to a 20-cent uh, Super Factus, and we're going back to a 50-cent Pick 5. Uh, we made some changes there earlier this season, uh, and we increased those minimums slightly. And uh, we really didn't get the results that we were hoping for. You know, we've uh, – tried many things that uh, have been successful, and we've tried some things that uh, have not been, of course, and, and we just like to listen to our customers. And, you know, the uh, recurring thing we were hearing uh, was that uh, our customers preferred uh, last season's minimums, and uh, that's what we're going to do moving forward. Gabe, I can't freaking figure out my mute button. Isn't that sad? I still freaking, we've been doing this show almost a year. I still can't figure out that stupid mute button. Uh, talk to <laughs> us a little bit about uh, you're, you're, now you're back in South Florida. Uh, you're able to see some of these horses. Is there anybody kind of standing out to you uh, uh, as, as we go forward? Well, we have uh, the three open winners from last week. Uh, Pinocchio, the track record holder, he actually won the uh, top-level open. So um, that's back-to-back wins for Pinocchio since arriving back in South Florida. He's back in this coming week, probably going to be the favorite again. Uh, Godiva Silster, the uh, open-pacing mare, of course. Uh, she ripped off uh, four consecutive wins. She's six, and she's only missed one check since she's been two. So she's uh, the Iron Mare and uh, always at the top of the open ranks uh, here in South Florida. So she has been very impressive. And then uh, Bowley, a uh, Southern Cadabra out of the uh, world champion mare, Peach Dolce. Uh, he won the open trot. All three horses are back in this uh, coming week, likely going to be the uh, favorites at the open level. And no surprise, uh, Mike, they're all driven by our leaking pilot, uh, Wally Hennessy. Now, Gabe, what kind of stuff do you guys have? Now, we, we've talked a little bit about, you know, what's going on right now. Um, let's talk a little bit about, you know, January, February a little bit. Uh, you, we know you guys had some big, uh, big stakes races last year. Uh, do you guys plan on having that again this year? Yes, and uh, in fact, hopefully uh, even other races of the uh, Isle Series will fill. Last year we had uh, the big race was for the uh, pacing mares. We carted an invite for the uh, trotters, an invite for pacers, because the actual series didn't fill. So um, the only uh, series that did fill there, we had a couple of divisions for, I believe, three weeks uh, at the Isle Pacing Series for uh, open mares. And then, of course, uh, we had a track record performance in that uh, final with Velocity Vespa. So we're looking forward to carting those once again. Something uh, more recent, uh, or, or coming, I should say, sooner here, that uh, everyone uh, is probably going to have their eyes on. This Tuesday night, guys, Prairie Sweetheart, the uh, winner of the All Rise at the uh, Red Mile, the three-year-old Florida Bread Philly. She is back in town to uh, tackle three-year-old Florida Bread Company. It's uh, about a $30,000 race, and it's on uh, Tuesday night. Of course, she's undefeated, uh, 14 for 14, so Prairie Sweetheart um, 
going to be uh, maybe a layup here on Tuesday night. She's in the uh, seventh race. Now, listen, does that mean I can get my one-to-nine show bet in? No show wagering, guys. We have uh, oh, disbanded that. No I thought you guys wagering. would uh, have maybe some of that uh, up your sleeve. So we took out show wagering. You can still bet uh, place, and uh, I assume that we are probably going to get some uh, artillery sent our way in the place pool. So, well, Gabe, uh, you know, talk to us a little bit about Prairie Sweetheart. You know, uh, you mentioned that she won the Alaraj. Now, did this horse start out in Florida, or was this kind of like a uh, unsuspecting uh, type of horse to come around? Well, she did start out in Florida for uh, Treader Mike Dieters, Lori Poulin, the uh, breeder and co-owner. Uh, they have a ton of Florida breads, have a lot of success out here. You know, Prairie Sweetheart actually won here in 53 and changed as a two-year-old. And she ripped through the uh, Florida ranks, but, um, you know, the Florida breeding program, not what it used to be. It typically a lot of short fields, uh, you know, not a lot of um, stout t- competition. So even when you see a horse rip through those uh, Florida breeder stakes, you may still not get the um, – idea that uh, they could continue to uh, step up maybe to the top uh, grand circuit level but uh, nonetheless she didn't do a thing wrong last season and uh, was very impressive this season she came back and then it was a private purchase actually moved to trainer ross krogan just prior to that uh, all rise start and guys that all rise start was very impressive lady shadow was in that race of course she wasn't on top of her game that day i believe we uh, did find out after the fact that she tied up before she bounced back in a big way uh, since uh, that uh, start at the Red Mile, but uh, still was a tough group of a uh, season older mares. I mean, you rarely, rarely ever see a, a three-year-old filly uh, anywhere step up to take on uh, older mares uh, at the top level of stakes. So uh, very impressive. And again, uh, it's going to be about a month that she'll have been off before she starts down here on Tuesday night. Uh, and the connections, uh, the new connections, I believe, uh, Eric Cherry let it ride stables, have opted to uh, return her to her old trainer. Mike Dieters, who uh, did break the Philly, so he will uh, campaign her locally. Now, Gabe, i got to ask, did you have a couple dollars on Prairie Sweetheart in the other rush? I did not. Uh, Prairie Sweetheart, uh, I must say, I, I did pick her for second in that uh, race. Um, however, I seen the Lady Shadow, uh, I, I believe we had a pick five carry over that day, so uh, Prairie Sweetheart uh, ran, ran me off the track. No surprise there <laughs> as well. Well, Gabe, we certainly appreciate you uh, coming on and uh, listen. Unfortunately, it's a go Cubs go. They beat you guys. They beat us. You know that, that's just the way it goes, I guess, huh? We've we've got to get uh, we've got to let Mike have his moment to shine. Congratulations to the Cubs and all the Cubs fans out there. There are uh, plenty, it seems like. And just a couple of other quick notes, guys. We do have four carryovers into Sunday night, so uh, everyone uh, needs to take a look at that. We've got uh, pick five, pick six, Penafecta. Uh, jackpot I-5, so plenty of wagering action here on Sunday night, uh, and we do move to a three-night-per-week schedule this coming week, so Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday night, and uh, in fact, we have Mike Simons, a new face uh, arriving in town as well, so it should be another great week. Mike Simons is joining the Pompano Park ranks. Real quick, Gabe, before you go, is there anybody else that maybe we should, uh, you know, watch out for trainer or driver-wise? You know, it's going to be interesting to see, because a lot of times we just have guys pop into a town that... Um, we weren't really suspecting. We did kind of get the heads up that uh, Mike would be here. He'd be bringing a few horses, driving set of his own. I know Peter Wren uh, plans to come back uh, within the coming weeks uh, as well. Um, Brad Kramer is back. Uh, John McDonald has been uh, red hot. Uh, and, of course, our regular uh, uh, perennial leading drivers, you know, Wally Hennessy, Kevin Wallace, always near at the top of the ranks. Uh, and, of course, night in, night out. Uh, Rick Plano came back with a theory on Tuesday night. He just arrived back in town, and he won half the card. We had 12 races, and he won uh, six. So uh, very competitive uh, driving colony shaping up uh, for what should be a very competitive season. 
All right, Gabe. Well, we certainly appreciate you joining us, and uh, we'll get back up with you next week. All right, guys. My pleasure. Hey, listen, All right, Gabe. Hold on, Gabe. Gabe, you still around? Yes, I'm on. Okay, before we let you go, I, I did I did make one smart bet this week. I've got in two different sources, I got Trump plus seven in the general election <laughs> results, plus seven that percentage has to be, points. So. Do you want to sell me that action? That has to be a, a slam dunk there. Um, given the uh, event, I would have to think uh, seven's uh, plenty enough of a uh, cushion to get it done. All right, all right. They, uh, Gabe, we appreciate you joining us, my friend, uh, and we'll talk to you next week. All right, guys. All right, that was uh, all right. That was uh, that was Gabe Pruitt. Are they, are they going from, to the are they going to the gate in the matron, Mike? They, they are about to. And actually, we've got Tony Alani on deck. Listen, Tony, if you don't mind, we're going to go live to Dover Downs for the live call of uh, your horse's race here for race number ten. All right, they're they're still actually they're still coming to the gate on my feet, so I'm going to bring Tony in real quick. Tony, welcome to the program. Thank you. Good evening. How are you, gentlemen, tonight? Tony, you've got a, a race coming up here in just a couple of seconds. Western Hill starting from post four. Uh, they're going to the starting gate right now. I know my feet's probably a good 20 or 30 seconds behind, but uh, what are your thoughts on her tonight in the Matron? Uh, he he came out of the Breeders' Crown elimination very good. He was uh, just too far back uh, in his Breeders' Crown elim, but uh, couldn't have raced any better, just missed getting in the final. So he uh, he likes the short track. It seems to pick him up. Uh, he's very good in the Pennsylvania Stallion uh, Series this season, won the final. So I look for a good effort tonight. Tough bunch, but uh, if he's at his best, he'll, he'll be close. All right, we'll see what he can do in that two-year-old Colton Gelding. I'm going to put you right on hold one second, Tony, because we're going to pick up the stretch call live. So hold on, okay? Yep. All right, here's the uh, here is the call of the matron, Jack Gallagher from Dover Downs, race 10. Tony Alanya, who we have on the phone, is horse Western Hill, number four. They're off from between horses. There goes Boogie Shuffle out the lead. Rock the boat moves out down toward the inside. Rock and Tony got away third alongside every way out fourth. Racing up in fifth is what's going on. Then it's the wall, followed by the trailers, Western Hill, and point to my grandson. They're midway on the first turn, and the boogie shuffle comes out on top. Rock the boat got in there in second, racing in third is Rock and Tony, followed by every way out. Fast opening quarter, 26 and four fifths as they make their way by the stands. It's boogie shuffle, leading by almost two lengths. Rock the boat races second, followed by Rock and Tony coming to the outside. Every way out moves up, falling will be the wall. Dirty inside. What's going on? Out comes Western Hill. The trailers point to my grandson as the field races into the clubhouse turn. From the outside, rushing up after the lead. That's every way out. Every way out gets by now. Back to second. Boogie shuffle left outside is the wall. Back to fourth now. Rock the boat alongside. That's Western Hill. The trailers up the back stretch are Rock and Tony on the outside. Point to my grandson. And at the end, what's going on? They race up the back stretch. For three quarters, and every way out is joined by the wall. The wall on the outside is short lead. Every way out has the rail. Then comes a boogie shuffle in third on the outside. Western Hill for three quarters and 123 and one as they make their way around the final turn. On the outside, the wall battles with every way out. Here comes a three wide move now from Western Hill as they approach the top of the stretch. Circling up from the back of the pack, about five wide is what's going on. And they're out at the top of the stretch, turning wrong. What's going on? On the far outside, up after the lead. Here comes what's going on. Rock and Tony splits horses. They come to the wire. What's going on? Rock and Tony. 153. 
Well, there you heard it right here, live on Post Time with Mike. And, Mike, and uh, Tony, I got to tell you, I don't know if you saw the race, but Western Hill was second over, had the lead in the stretch, and, and they kind of came surrounded after the fast fractions, uh, either third or fourth. I couldn't tell. The, the, the wire's a little tough to judge there, but I thought your horse raced very well, Tony. Yeah, he's he's really learning. I think next year, you know, another year stronger. He's a June foal, and, you know, we've been very conservative with him early in the year. But um, he's got a big turn of speed, and I think when he can carry his speed a little farther as a three-year-old, he'll he'll be a player. All right, Tony, let's uh, jump ship a little bit, uh, and let's talk about your Breeders' Crown moment. What a day it was last Saturday, uh, your uh, horse racing hill. Uh, was able to sweep by, and I have to get your opinion first of all. We're going to take you through the race, and this horse has really been unlucky. We've talked about that leading up to the race uh, with trips and so forth, but uh, you had to really be doing a handstand when you saw that early battle up top with uh, Lion Snyder and uh, Check Six. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it seems like uh, he's had so many uh, uh, races where he was the one doing the battling that it was nice for uh, those two horses to be involved and him to actually be able to trip out and uh, show people what he can do off cover. And uh, I was just tickled to death around the last turn when, when Brett came and he didn't step behind line Snyder. He just kept coming. You know, I knew Brett felt like he had the horse to get the job done and, and the horse responded. Yeah, he certainly did. That was a good sweeping move. And then, of course, uh, had to hold off uh, the late challenge of uh, Normandy Beach, which he certainly did, able to win by three lengths. But uh, uh, take us, uh, t- tell us about when you, when you got to the winner's circle. And we know it's, it's listen, everybody's been facing Betty line, betting line this whole uh, season in the three-year-old division, and he's just been super, super tough. Uh, obviously, he was scratched out of the race, so uh, – you know, you, you had uh, still a very competitive field of 10. But uh, give us your opinion when you walked into the winner's circle, just the, the emotion that hit you from winning a, a Breeders' Crown here. Well, the the biggest thing I can say about my horse is, um, you know, he's he's danced every dance. He's went to every battle. He hasn't went to New York one time to race in the Sire Stakes. Every race he's made has been against open-class company. And, uh, you know, the other night, you know, it was just a great feeling to know, you know, I felt like the week before I knew why the horse was no good, you know, and I, I made it very clear that I said the horse shipped up horribly. And I said, I've got to get that fixed going into this week. And, you know, you, you hope that that's the right thing. You hope you're on the money. And, you know, when, when everything comes together and everything works out right, uh, you know, it's, it's a sigh of relief, but it's also a celebration and it's a celebration of the horse. And uh, I couldn't have been more happy. Back on that Saturday, we were broadcasting live from the Breeders' Crown, and Mike Carter had a chance to go in the in the winner's circle, had a chance to interview you, and also uh, had a chance to uh, interview uh, Tom Hill, the owner of uh, not only of uh, Racing Hill, but a lot of the Hill horses uh, that bear his name. Talk about how big uh, that ownership connection has been to you. Yeah, it's, it's been it's been tremendous, you know, and the best thing about it is, you know, we talk about, uh, you know, we, of course, when our owners come to the races, we want our horses to do well because we want them to perform while the owners were there because, you know, without the owners, we don't have a business. So, but you, when you have owners that fly all the way over from England, Great Britain, now that's pressure. <laughs> so, you know, when they make that kind of travel to come over to watch their horses race, you know, you really want them to perform and you want everything to go right. And, you know, it's just that much more uh, pleasing to have everything go right when they're in town. 
Oh, absolutely. And uh, I'll tell you what, it was uh, it was a great thing. Uh, and we had a chance to interview them uh, on the show, too. And uh, I know Mike Carter did. And I mean, certainly, like like you say, I mean, traveling over the pond, it wasn't like they were coming down the street. Um, next thing on the docket for uh, for Racing Hill. Uh, he's got the matron next, next Thursday, he came out of the Breeders' Crown, you know, tremendous, very happy with how he seems, uh, we'll train him up on Saturday a little bit and get ready for next Thursday. So, you know, he has that. And after that, he has the progress and, you know, then we'll put him away for the, for the season. All right, Tony, uh, how are the two-year-olds doing in the barn? Give us an update on uh, some of the youngsters heading into uh, the end of this season as we wrap up 2016 and heading into next year. Yeah, the majority of ours uh, we put away for the year. Western Hill will go ahead and he'll go on to the uh, Governor's Cup. Um, we've got uh, another uh, pacing, uh, pacing Chili Blame of the Night that raced in the Breeders' Crown. We put her away for the season. So, you know, uh, Tori Hanover is the only filly we're going to continue racing uh, along with Western Hill. And uh, the rest of them have had a long season. You know, they were ready to go early. And, uh, you know, we're looking forward to getting them back ready for the three-year-old year. All right. Well, Tony, we certainly appreciate you joining us on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike. Best of luck to you in the future, and uh, certainly best of luck to Racing Hill. Yep. Thanks so much. Great great to be on the show. All right. That was Tony Alanya, trainer of uh, Racing Hill. And, uh, boy, that was unique, Mike. We had a chance to uh, actually have a trainer on the phone while his horse was racing live in the Matron in uh, Western Hill. It looked like she was. It looks like he was going to win there for, for uh, a couple of fleeting seconds, Mike, if you're with me. Well, he's back. Uh, he's he's a little depressed as Cleveland Indians lost. So maybe when he said he wasn't talking to me anymore, maybe he was right. Plenty left on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. Our ongoing series of VIP stables will continue. We're going to have Tom Janes from VIP joining us. We're going to talk about the ballot initiative. Uh, coming up on Tuesday, of course, Tuesday is the election day. New Jersey's up for expanded gaming. How well that vote is going to do? Well, you know, it uh, certainly isn't met with a whole lot of optimism right at this point, but you never know. And we're going to talk to John James uh, a little bit about that. Plus, we're going to talk a little bit about the Harrisburg sale, which is fast approaching already. Boy, where has this year gone? Where has time gone? Plus, we've got our second part of the interview with trainer Jimmy Tank. We had a chance to go to the Jimmy Tank, the stables, and uh, have a sit down with Jimmy and what quite an operation he runs there. Uh, so uh, we had a chance to uh, talk to Jimmy. Now it was on that Saturday morning for the Breeders' Crown, and uh, that was the day after the epic stretch duel between Always Be Mickey and Wiggle It Jiggle It. And they will meet again, uh, perhaps coming up in the TBG. So we had a chance to talk to Jimmy about that, plus his stable in general. So you're not going to want to go anywhere. That was a that was a, whenever you can get an emotion from a trainer, it's awesome. And uh, Jimmy Tack is certainly showed a lot of emotion there. So we're going to talk, or we had a chance to talk to Jimmy. You're going to hear that interview pretty soon. It's Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Back in a flash. The field comes to the top of the stretch. Jack Six has been pressed all the way. Racing Hill is coming by, and he's taken the lead with an eighth of a mile to go. Manhattan Beach is gaining ground in the middle of the racetrack. Dr. J. Hanover fourth on the inside. Racing Hill. Manhattan Beach trying to track him down two lengths away. Racing Hill leads it. Manhattan Beach on the outside. Racing Hill looking for the line. Racing Hill holds on to win.
Ladies and gentlemen, we have a disqualification. It doesn't get much worse than picking a winner that ends up being disqualified after the race. What if you could eliminate the stress of sweating out a steward's inquiry? At Bet America, we're here to help. Introducing Inquiry Relief. Any winners of a graded stakes race will get paid out even if they are disqualified after a steward's inquiry. Check BetAmerica.com for details and side effects. Get the relief you deserve with Inquiry Relief only at BetAmerica.com. Embroidery Unlimited is a premier provider of quality embroidery, screen printing, and promotional products. Our commitment to quality and pride in our work is second to none. We focus on quality and customer service. For all of your stable or business needs, Embroidery Unlimited is the number one provider in harness racing. Give Jim Winsky a call at 508-485-5522. That's 508-485-5522. Or visit them on the internet at EmbroideryUNL.com. That's EmbroideryUNL.com. Embroidery Unlimited. Ever dream of owning your own racehorse? How would you like to get in the winner's circle? With the number one harness racing partnership in the U.S., VIP State. There's nothing like the thrill of your horse coming down the stretch. To find out more, call VIP Stable at 877-VIP-WIN-1 or visit us on the web at www.vipstable.com. Turning horse racing fans into racehorse owners. Be a winner. We are back on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Mike Bozich, along with Mike Carter, still plenty left on this edition of Sit Down with Jimmy Thacker. Plus, we're going to go around the horn and take a look at some of the harness racing action coming up this weekend. Just a couple of uh, reminders. First of all, our Post Time Award nominations uh, are available. All you have to do is go to our website, postwithmikeandmike.com, and right on the front page is Post Time Nominations. Uh, click that link and uh, look at the categories. It's all pretty self-explanatory. Uh, and uh, hey, anybody you want to nominate that uh, you feel is up for nomination in any of the categories, you can go ahead and nominate. And of course, our year end awards, uh, season two, we had uh, the year end awards last year, went out very, very good. So it's our post time with Mike and Mike awards coming up very, very soon. And the nominations will be closing probably about the middle part of November. So get those nominations in. Once again, you can do so at post time with Mike and Mike. Dot com. Right now, we're joined by Tom Janes from the VIP Stables. It's our continuing series on the VIP Stables. Tom, welcome to the show, my friend. Hey, Mike. How are you doing today? We are doing fantastic. And listen, I got to tell you, it's a lot warmer than when we last met. I know you're up there with us on Friday night at the Meadowlands, and uh, boy, it was quite cold. And uh, the next Saturday, the following day, was quite warm. But uh, we certainly had to uh, bundle up there. But, Tom, uh, a couple of issues uh, that we wanted to talk to you about. Uh, here and first of all, the uh, New Jersey casino ballot uh, proposition and election day is coming up on Tuesday. Um, first of all, explain to us, uh, explain to our listeners, uh, for those of uh, you that don't know, especially for those of you living in New Jersey, what is the New Jersey casino ballot proposition? Well, Mike, before I, I hop into that, I, I actually uh, I'm going to mention a horse racing item just for a quick second, if you don't mind. Sure, um, sure. I just got done watching. Uh, 
uh, watching the matron at Dover Downs and our horse, what's going on? Our two-year-old colt uh, just won it about three minutes ago with Dave Miller and a bike. He was uh, eighth at the half, seventh at the three-quarter, went four wide around the final turn, came flying home and uh, picked up uh, the you know the winner's share of the $171,000 uh, purse for the matron. So uh, I had to have, have lead in with that one because we're all pretty excited about that right now. Oh, absolutely, and had a chance to watch that race. And that's funny that you mentioned that, because we had trainer Tony Alani on this show just a few minutes ago. We played the live stretch call, and or actually the, the live race, I should say, and uh, he had an interest in Western Hill in that race, was grinding first over. But I'll tell you, for a horse to do what your horse did on that racetrack <laughs> at Dover Downs, where we know speed is king, and I don't care how fast the quarter was, the opening quarter was, it was that's an unbelievable accomplishment. Congratulations, that was one heck of an effort. Thank you. I'm shocked by uh, you know watching that. Like you said, speed is king out there, and watching him come from uh, seventh going around the final turns, I thought you have no chance there. And uh, you know, Dave did a great job, and wow, that's pretty exciting. So anyhow, I, I had to lead in with that just to. Uh, I can't curb my my excitement after watching that. <laughs> no, no question about it. Well, that's fantastic. That was great because we just had the race call right here on Post Time with Mike and Mike. But uh, l- let's get to this New Jersey uh, casino uh, ballot deal. What's uh, w- what's the proposition all about? Election Day is Tuesday, so uh, tell us what's going on here. Yeah, what's happening in New Jersey? Um, the uh, on the statewide ballot, you know, question number one basically is casino the uh, casino expansion amendment. And that basically is going to permit casino gambling, uh, gambling in two additional counties in uh, in New Jersey. Uh, at present, you can only do it in Atlantic in Atlantic County, which uh, we all know has Atlantic City. Um, there will only be one casino allowed in each of the two counties, and I believe they have to be you know 70 some miles away from Atlantic City. You know, generally speaking, uh, the thought is one would be at the Meadowlands, and and one would probably be in Jersey City. You know, there is. It's certainly something that the state of New Jersey as a whole needs, and certainly horse racing uh, would, would benefit greatly from it. Um, you know, a lot of uh, we, we've all certainly benefited from the casinos in New York and Pennsylvania, uh, but New Jersey has suffered uh, because of the lack of casino gaming, and so is Atlantic City because there's obviously a lot of people are leaving, uh, are not going to Atlantic City as much anymore because of the proximity of casinos in other states. So the thought being, of course, hey, let's put some casinos or two casinos in northern Jersey, far enough away from Atlantic City that it wouldn't threaten them, but closer to New Jersey residents where we can basically um, you know, take take advantage of uh, keeping that money in the state of New Jersey. Uh, furthermore, it would trickle-down effect would help the state of New Jersey's uh, horse racing program, which we know has suffered in the last few years because of uh, lack of <laughs> lack of purse money really. Uh, so we're going to have some of that money from the casinos, which trickle down into horse racing. And obviously there, there's the side benefits of having casino in New Jersey, uh, which has to do with horse racing again. Uh, if we have a strong horse racing program, we're going to have breeding farms. We're going to have, you know, more handlers, grooms, uh, tax suppliers, and basically just a lot of open space. If the New Jersey horse racing program continues to you know, dwindle down, a lot of those farms are going to be sold. Uh, they're going to be developed. Uh, one thing we don't need in New Jersey is another strip mall or another housing development. We certainly have enough of that. What we need are jobs um, and, and revenue, and that's what this will create. You know, there are about 
they estimate you know ten to thirteen thousand folks in New Jersey are affected by horse racing as far as employment is concerned, and obviously there would be thousands of more jobs created via construction and just simply maintaining casinos in northern Jersey. You know, they say upwards of close to 40,000 new jobs could be created. Um, and basically just trying to keep Jersey in poem and keeping the money in the state of New Jersey. I'm a resident of New Jersey, and, you know, if I want to go game, gamble someplace other than a racetrack, you know, the closest one to my house is, uh, you know, in Pennsylvania or New York. The goal here is really to vote yes on question number one, to expand casino gaming in New Jersey. It will help not only the state, but it will certainly help horse racing thrive and, and basically hopefully make the, the Meadowlands the, the king of harness racing once again where it should be. Visiting with Tom Jaynes from the VIP Stables. And, yeah, Tom, I, I think a lot of people, when they think about uh, these kind of ballot initiatives and in all the states that don't have expanded gaming, obviously want it. But, you know, what regular voters, I think, seem to miss the bus on is they think, well, you know, once again, more casinos. It's just going to simply be expansion of casinos. And I think what they uh, certainly need to be educated on is the fact that this is an agricultural sport. It's just not horses running around at circles. Like you said, I mean, we've got, you know, the preservation of open spaces, preservation of farms, all these different jobs that rely on harness racing and racing, you know, to uh, not only support themselves. And another good point is that not only are we going to maintain those jobs if we can get that to go, but all the creation of jobs that this would bring um, with more money and uh, horsemen making more investments, you know, in, in the state of New Jersey. And, and, you know, that's some of the way I think that the, uh, some of the ways that the equine market can certainly be helped. But uh, in your opinion, you know, and we've talked about what could be, what do you think this could mean to the existing casinos and racetracks? I mean, especially from a racing point of view and a purse point of view, if uh, we can get the expanded bill to uh, expanded gaming bill to pass in New Jersey. Well, obviously, you would see uh, quite an uh, you know an increase in the of the purses. I, I would expect them to you know double or triple in the state of New Jersey. And and like you said, uh, you know, if you look at some of the other states, even out in Ohio, uh, Indiana, who were really struggling uh, years ago without the casinos, uh, you know, maybe they'd be breeding several hundred horses a year. You know, now they're breeding, you know, over a thousand a year. And what happens is that people come to the state and people start spending in that state because they want to raise their horses or visit Indiana and Ohio. Same thing would happen in New Jersey. People would come from out of state to visit the state. It would bring commerce not only to the horse racing industry, but to hotels, to buy more trailers. You have to buy more uh, fences, roofs, buildings, et cetera, et cetera. The trickle-down effect and the impact of horse racing in any state is just unbelievable, and it's something that most people don't even think about, but the trickle-down is immense, and it would have a wonderful impact on the state. And to tell you the truth, you know, the one great thing about horse racing, and I, I think a lot of people think that, you know, owners uh, who make money in this game or make some big purses, put it in their pocket, that's not the case. Most owners in, in horse racing put that money right back into the game and right back into the economy. So it would, it would be a great uh, enhancement for the state of New Jersey. And, and folks should really consider voting yes. Instead of, there's been a lot of negative ads from, uh, you know, Trenton Bad Bet has put a, a lot of negative ads out there trying to almost scare people in New Jersey not to vote for it. But, you know, a lot of those, uh, that, that being sponsored by, you know, outside, uh, by companies outside the state of New Jersey. 
So uh, that's a real approach, really, have to think about what they're voting on here. And obviously, uh, voting yes on casino gaming for northern Jersey will only increase um, you know, the commerce to the state, as well as, obviously, horse racing. Tom, let's sidestep a little bit, and uh, let's talk about the Harrisburg sale that is rapidly approaching. Boy, I was talking about that before the break. I can't believe how fast this year is going. We're already into November, for crying out loud. But uh, the Harrisburg sale is coming up. Uh, Tom, give us uh, maybe a, a sneak peek, some of the uh, inside info, if you will, of the VIP stable strategy for the sale. Well, we already have uh, 15 yearlings so far, with a bunch of them already headed down our, in Florida. So we're we're in a pretty sweet spot where we want to be. I think we you know, have uh, you know seven trotters, eight pacers, ten colts, five fillies. So we're pretty well rounded right now. So we go to this sale basically looking for you know looking for bargain. You know uh, you know John Booten Shane just like he did in Lexington uh, has already looked at uh, you know the 900 yearlings here at, at Harrisburg. So we're going to be poised to take advantage of an opportunity and hopefully pick up a couple, um, you know, that, that are in that, you know, in a solid price range. We like to look in that $20,000 range and try to find something that's appealing to a lot of our membership base. And, and maybe it's a little bit of a bargain. We will go on later in the week, obviously, uh, you hit Friday and you have the mix sale. And, uh, you know, we'll usually try to pick up a couple of conditioned horses if possible with uh, trainer Mark Ford. Uh, that's our, that's really our game plan is here. Kind of sit and wait and see what happens. Um, we don't have to get anything. We're happy with 15 yearlings thus far, but if a couple of bargains fall our way, we'll certainly jump on them. And hey, we'd be more than happy to pick up the, uh, a condition horse in the mixed sale if possible. Now you get a lot of different strategies when stables invade st- uh, when stables invade sales like this, and you know you hear a lot of different theories. And obviously, you know it kind of depends on what they're looking for, and it certainly kind of depends on uh, their owners and what they're looking for. But what say you? I mean, you're looking for big purchases at low prices or smaller purchases at high prices. What uh, what do you think? Uh, what do you think about that? Well, I think as far as uh, the yearlings are concerned. Our sweet spot has always been in around that $20,000 mark. You know, this year we did buy a $70,000 yearling over at Lexington. It just looks wonderful. But, you know, we've had a lot of, we've gotten a lot of value in that $20,000 to $30,000 type range. And um, I, I think that's what we're going to try to stick at this sale as well. I think there's a lot of value at Harrisburg. Uh, in the past, we've been pretty lucky with a couple of cheaper horses in that ten to $15,000 range. But, we kind of found that twenty to twenty-five to thirty thousand dollars range is a nice sweet spot for getting a yearling that has uh, some pedigree, uh, but might be overlooked for uh, you know somebody wanting a some beach or something like that. Uh, you might be able to find uh, a lesser stallion, but a great-looking animal, and that's what we'll be trying to do. You never know when you can find that diamond in the rough at the sale. I think that's what makes these sales so exciting. You never know when you're going to have your next champion or even your next, what I like to call, lunchbox horse, a horse that will just uh, bring home the bacon every time and be a consistent money earner. Tom, we certainly appreciate you joining us. Congratulations on your matron victory. That was uh, that was quite a sweep from uh, last to first at Dover, my friend. Thank you very much, Mike. That was really exciting. And, you know, what we're all about, we're trying to get guys to experience the thrill of that and we've got a handful of guys who probably just had a lifetime experience a few minutes ago yeah, absolutely now tom real quick before we do let you go uh before we let you go um if anybody wants any any information on uh, how to uh take part in the vip stables how can they do so uh simply go to our website which is vipstable.com 
and you'll see our contact information out there. Or you can simply email me at uh, tom at vipstable.com, uh, and we'll be happy to get you some information and hopefully get you involved in the game. All right, Tom, we certainly appreciate you joining us. Take care, Mike. It's a pleasure. All right, that was Tom Janes from the VIP Stables, our ongoing series with the VIP Stables. Uh, quite a treat, and uh, well, I'll tell you what, that's got to be, Mike, that has to be a first on our program. Here we are talking to the trainer. He was our guest, Tony Alani, and his horse, uh, Western Hills Racing uh, in the two-year-old Colton Gelding Matron. And, uh, you know, race is fantastic. Uh, bails off cover, has the lead in the stretch, but just got swarmed by a sweeping horse, last the first. And uh, that horse is owned by VIP Stables, who we have up next on the program. Boy, I'll tell you, it don't get any better than that, does it? No, not at all. We've uh, Our listeners have had a uh, definite treat tonight. And, uh, listen, it's been super busy here, so <laughs> I appreciate you running the show. Yeah, we've got what we we've got much more to come. We're not done yet. We had a chance to sit down and talk with Jimmy Tactor and uh, Mike. I did want to bring you in for a second because you know Saturday morning, the day before the second day of the Breeders' Crown, the morning before the second day of the Breeders' Crown, uh, UI and uh, Jess Scott, who was part of our broadcast team, had a chance to go out there to the Tactor Farm in East Windsor, New Jersey, an unbelievable facility. And uh, you know, listen, we had a chance to. Uh, get Jimmy Tactor kind of away from the horses, uh, get him into a room. And, uh, you know, he, I think he, I don't want to say he poured his heart out to us because, uh, you know, Jimmy keeps things close to the vest, but uh, it was a very, very good uh, interview and part two of that's coming up. What were your thoughts on, uh, on the Tactor stables out there? Just a, a gorgeous, gorgeous facility. Yeah, certainly. Uh, <laughs> oh, Mr. Carter, he's really not talking to me. He's he's really upset about this Cleveland India thing, let me tell you. All right, Tactor's on deck, plus we're going around the horn. A lot to go on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike. Before we get to that, um, and it's really not breaking news because it's been out for quite a while now. It was released uh, on Twitter in the USTA uh, a couple hours back now, but uh, the great three-year-old trotter, Southwind Frank, is retiring from racing, going to stand at Diamond Creek uh, due to an injury, uh, chronic lame uh, and uh, obviously trainer Ron Burke. And here was his quote, uh, is was the press release from Diamond Creek Farms. Ron Burke's quote was, I've trained a lot of horses, but none have had Frank's package of speed, power, and smarts. I truly believe, is, believe he is one of the all-time greats and would love to continue racing him so he could prove it on the track. But due to an injury, I can't, ta- I can't take that risk. So Southwind Frank is retired uh, heading to uh, stud at uh, Diamond Creek. So hats off to the Burke Racing Stable, Southwind Frank, a great, great trotter, great horse, and he is certainly going to be missed on the racetrack. But, uh, hey, his, uh, his stud career is just getting started over at Diamond Creek. Jimmy Tactor is next, part two of, of our two-part interview with him uh, on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Hello, this is Kayla Strah, and I'm here to tell you all about BetAmerica.com. It is the fastest growing legal, safe, and secure website to place all your bets on horse racing. BetAmerica covers over 200 racetracks from North America, the UK, and my home country, Australia. New players to BetAmerica receive a 100% bonus on your first deposit up to $300. That's the best sign-up bonus available today. It's time to play the BetAmerica way. 
Embroidery Unlimited is a premier provider of quality embroidery, screen printing, and promotional products. Our commitment to quality and pride in our work is second to none. We focus on quality and customer service. For all of your stable or business needs, Embroidery Unlimited is the number one provider in harness racing. Give Jim Winsky a call at 508-485-5522. That's 508-485-5522. Or visit them on the internet at EmbroideryUNL.com. That's EmbroideryUNL.com. Embroidery Unlimited. Ever dream of owning your own racehorse? How would you like to get in the winner's circle with the number one harness racing partnership in the U.S., VIP State? There's nothing like the thrill of your horse coming down the stretch. To find out more, call VIP State at 877-VIP-WIN-1 or visit us on the web at www.vipstable.com. Turning horse racing fans into racehorse owners. Be a winner. And it's a sprint to the wire in the Breeders' Crown open pace. Wiggle it, jiggle it, squaring off. With Always Be Mickey on the outside, Shambhala needs to do more. Split the house on the inside. Wiggle it, jiggle it, Always Be Mickey on the outside. One final surge and wiggle it, jiggle it. Always Be Mickey won't give up. Always Be Mickey! We're sitting right here in the stables here, and uh, why, why don't you tell, give our listeners a little bit of a, a background here of your stable in this very land here. How many uh, head of horses do you have? How many people work for you? And it's a very beautiful facility. Uh, we have about 100 acres here. We purchased this uh, about 17 years ago, and uh, and uh, we sat on it for a year and decided how we're going to build a farm. I mean, it's I, I'm I'm a city guy, believe it or not. My father was a racehorse trainer, and not so much with young horses, and we we never lived on the farm, so. So this was new for me. I mean, uh, you know, but I wanted—I know what I wanted on the farm, and uh, we built this farm. Uh, it took us about two years to complete everything, and uh, and we live on the farm, and uh, and we've been here since uh, 15 years now in on the farm. So it's uh, we have about uh, I think we have 96 stalls here, but I don't want—I don't want to have a larger stable. I've been trying for years to cut down, but you know, with the success we've been having, it's very hard. I mean. You know, it's we have a lot of owners that want to have horses, and I try to say I, I want to have a little lesser operation. I mean, I've done this for 35 years here, and uh, it's 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 not easy. I mean, I, last year, two years ago, I uh, no, actually, t- uh, last year I, I really got sick myself. Yeah. You know, I uh, end up in the hospital. Uh, they thought I died basically. You know, and and I mean, it's. Uh, you gotta, you gotta start thinking that uh, it's not just the horses. You gotta take care of your house too. Yeah. But uh, you know, it's pressure on, and I like excitement, like uh, harness racing. You know, special British Crown time. This has uh, been my, uh, you know, life basically. You know, this this uh, big races. So 
We have a here on this farm uh, probably going to have about 70 horses, maybe hopefully less uh, this winter. And uh, we have, we have a staff of about 30 people working. I have my own blacksmith, and I have two maintenance guys take care of the farm. And uh, and uh, so it's uh, it's a big operation, you know, and quite a few people for the amount of horses we have. But uh, we have a great structure like that. You know, we have everything on this farm. We have straight tracks. We have. Uh, Launching house and uh, I mean we have just about everything you can have on the farm, you know. So it's uh, it's a great facility. Let's talk about uh, always be Mickey for just a few minutes. Great race last night. Um, once again, two warriors, two champions, duking it out in the stretch. Always be Mickey was sitting pocket, pulled at three quarters, and it was on. It was an epic stretch goal. Give us your thoughts of that uh, that race. Well, you know, I, I, the race basically came up exactly like I thought it would. I mean, you know, I know Wiglet would, you know, use his skate speed and uh, and he came there, you know, fairly easy and he got a very soft traction, you know, I mean, uh, when I saw the half, I say, gosh, this is going to be hard, you know, I mean, I know that horse can, uh, and he, he fight his heart out that horse, you know, and uh, when David pulled him in the middle of the last turn, you know, I mean, uh, my horse looked great and powerful, but then I know the same token Wiggly haven't used himself either, you know, I mean, you know, and uh, when I saw 22 uh, to three-quarter, you know, I, it's going to be hard, because normally when we go that slow to the three-quarter, he's been beating me every time, you know, and, uh, and, uh, but, uh, and even middle of the stretch, you know, I, you know, I, I didn't think we were going to go by him, but uh, he had that, you know, that, uh, that make him unique, that, that kick, that little turbo. It's like you have like a little turbo charge. <laughs> and he and he and he end up winning actually fairly easy. Yep. But you know, it, it look he look he didn't look like a winner uh, hundred yards before yep. the wire. He didn't, you know. So it's you know, I, it was to me. I you know, I mean, you know, I Mike was my greatest. Uh, you know, I mean, one of the greatest moment I've seen in a horses race. I mean, it was. I give the credit to, you know, uh, Wiggly and Yiggly, how great the horse he is, but, you know, it's, uh, Mickey is, to me, the maybe the best pacer we ever had. Uh, you just took the, I was going to ask you what you thought, <laughs> where you stood as far as pacers go, but obviously the TBG is next, and then, you know, it's kind of off the greener pastures for Mickey, uh, you know, looking at his entire career, I mean, you said he's, you know, probably one of the best pacers you've ever had, but compared to like Moneymaker and other horses that you've had, where does he stand in comparison to the rest, to the whole group of horses? Well, mostly, ti mostly time, uh, these great horses, you know, they have one thing in common. I mean, it's, uh, they love to win. And, you know, it's, it's, that's something, you know, me as a trainer, I have not, nothing to do really with that, you know, because that's what they're born with, you know, it's, you can, you cannot teach them uh, uh, to do that. That's, they just God make it, these horses, and uh, and they, uh, as a trainer, I'm just lucky to be the one to have those horses, you know. But you know, it's it's all the other things, you know, with these horses. You gotta keep them motivated and keep them uh, inspired for what they're doing, you know. And that's 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 the biggest trick, you know, because I mean, when they get sour at this and uh, don't losing that ambition, you know, gotta watch, keep uh, keep an eye on that, you know. But. They are pretty bulletproof. Moneymaker was exactly like this one, you know. She, you know, she rarely disappoints you. I mean, uh, you know, we flew over to Europe so many times, and uh, 
if we had a bad week, you know, she was sick, and you know, uh, you know, Mickey's the same, you know, same kind of horse, you know, and every great horse get beat, and uh, that's the way it is, you know, and uh, and because uh, it's so small, small margin, winning and losing is a lot of times not look at Mario Marauder. He won the Triple Crown. If you add up the distance, he won the Triple Crown. Combined, it's a half a length, you know, so yeah. it's really not that much. So it's just a fine line. Does winning ever get old? <laughs> you've had a lot of, you've had, it raises to say that you had six Breeders' Crown champions last year. Uh, obviously, you've trained a lot of great horses. Does does it ever get old? Not these kind of races don't get old. I mean, you know, it's like you get spoiled. I mm -hmm. mean, you know, it's, it's you know, you you know, actually, I got it on the Twitter. It was 23 years ago. Today, I won my first British Crown. Wow. wow. So, uh, and that was special because I drove myself and I, you know, but... Uh, Great horses, great races. No, I don't get old. Does you anyone know? stand out to you? any Breeders' Crown Championship stand out to you as special? Or are they, they all equal? Well, you know, some are little surprises. And, you know, it's like, you know, but uh, I, I think this one yesterday is, is, is maybe <laughs> yeah. the one, maybe because it's the freshest one. Yeah. It was fun to win with my brother too last year. It was good. Now, uh, I've got one more question, actually. Uh, when we come in here, we see Trixton on the wall. Yeah. It was your first Hamiltonian driving win, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what was that like to drive? Well, you know, because I, I went in, in into the race and uh, I mean, I basically, I mean, I'm basically gave up the driving. I used to drive a lot when I was younger and, uh, and you know, it's hard to do everything. But Trixton was a little tough horse, you know, and, and, uh, he wasn't really that type of horse, you know. Uh, he had also a lot of problems, you know. And hind uh, anchors was shit, you know. I mean, we had to nurse them through. Um, unfortunately, it was too much issue there. Otherwise, he would have had a much, much better racing career. His ability was as good as any horse I ever had. But uh, so I ended up driving him. But that year, I had the three best horses. Right. You know, and Father Patrick was the best one by far. I mean, he's maybe the most gifted trotter I ever had. And uh, of course, Nuncio was, you know, a great horse too. So those two was basically two best ones. You know, uh, we finished first, second, and third in the Stanley Dancer uh, the week before, and I right. was the one that was third. But, uh, you know, I uh, somehow, it, you know, it worked out for me. I mean, you know, of course, you know, I'm a funny like that because when I crossed the wire, I said, what happened to Patrick? Because I didn't saw it, he made a break. I was kind of right away disappointed. What right. happened to him? Right, right. And it sounds very sick, you know, because, you know, it's like the picture wasn't perfect for me. Patrick was the one that's supposed to win. Right. But, uh, you know, and uh, of course, you know, when you. Then you finally hit the eye, shit, I want to have it told. <laughs> but you don't, you know, at that moment, I swear I didn't think about it. Yeah. I didn't, you know, because it felt wrong that I shouldn't win it, you know. But but then, of course, now, a couple of years later, it's it's something you, you know, you're in the history book yourself, yeah. you know, and that, that makes it a little special too, you know. I mean, it's, it's just a great feeling. Embroidery Unlimited is a premier provider of quality embroidery, screen printing, and promotional products. Our commitment to quality and pride in our work is second to none. We focus on quality and customer service. 
for all of your stable or business needs. Embroidery Unlimited is the number one provider in harness racing. Give Jim Winsky a call at 508-485-5522. That's 508-485-5522. Or visit them on the internet at EmbroideryUNL.com. That's EmbroideryUNL.com. Embroidery Unlimited. Ever dream of owning your own racehorse? How would you like to get in the winner's circle? with the number one harness racing partnership in the U.S., VIP State. There's nothing like the thrill of your horse coming down the stretch. To find out more, call VIP Stable at 877-VIP-WIN-1 or visit us on the web at www.vipstable.com. Turning horse racing fans into racehorse owners. Be a winner. We are back on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Mike Bozich, along with Mike Carter. That was uh, uh, some emotional moments right there from Jimmy Tactor as he related into a lot of different issues. But uh, and it was a pleasure to, to interview Jimmy. So uh, congratulations uh, to him. He had a pretty good Breeders' Cup. Not as good as last year. But uh, certainly a pretty decent uh, Breeders' Crown, of course, with always be Mickey and some others taking the lion's cheese. Speaking of Breeders' Crown, we uh, have some Breeders' Crown winners, including Breeders' Crown winner Bar Hopping uh, is going to be in action uh, at Hoosier Park. And then uh, Kindergarten Action coming up on Saturday at the Meadowlands, Breeders' Crown winner Walner. Boy, how impressive is he? And uh, we talked to Nick Surick, some omens somewhere will be in action as well. The two-year-old Philly Pacer coming right back into the kitten garden from the Meadowlands. So coming up is a little segment that we like to call Around the Horn. Around the Horn is the easiest way, the better way, and that is how we will go. Anything more? Are you frightened to go around the horn, Mr. Christian? Are you a coward too, sir? All right, we're going around the horn here on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Hoosier Park in the Meadowlands is where the action is coming up this week. And uh, Mike Carter, we're going to bring you back in. Hoosier Park has got uh, some very good races, including Breeders' Crown winner Bar Hopping, and Dason will be in action. And uh, there's some other action as well. We're going to start, actually, Mike, in uh, race number number. Number nine, the Crossroads of America, $115,000. That sounds like a good place to start, Mike, the Crossroads of America, race number nine on the program. $115,000 is the purse. This race is for three-year-old Philly Trotters. And the morning line favorite here is uh, from trainer Annette Lorenz and a driver, Brett Miller. Earn your wing. She's made over $260,000 so far. I guess she's pretty much earned her wings, Mike. Yeah, definitely, Mike. You know, Earn Your Wings is, um, you know, has been facing some uh, tough, tough company. Uh, of course, was uh, has been facing Broadway down in the last four starts um, in the Kentucky Fraternity and the Breeders' Crown. And, Mike, I think this is a horse that's got a very big shot. I think Flowers and Songs 
I didn't get the best trip at in the Breeders' Crown Final, which was won by Broadway Donna. But this horse closed in 28-2 and two, uh, that night, even with the tough trip. So, Mike, I think Flowers and Songs has a chance to uh, provide a little bit of a uh, upset here. Yeah, certainly. Another horse that I like is uh, Synonymous Anna, but Dave Miller gets back in the bike. Obviously, she needs the mind of racing manners. She's uh, broken uh, two of her last four starts. However, Dave Miller is back in the bike here for a trainer, Chris Oaks. And uh, Mike, Dave Miller is, uh, and I don't know the exact total, it's around the 1920 mark, 21 maybe, but uh, he is knocking on the door of 12,000 career wins. So, uh, congratulations uh, to Dave Miller as he is no doubt going to uh, break that 12,000 uh, win plateau. Race number 10 is the USS Indianapolis Memorial going for first of $12,500. The three-year-old Philly Paces in action here. Uh, Yankee Moonshine, a horse that, that we're pretty familiar with, a third-place finish in the Simpson against Newborn Sassy in my neck of the woods last time. The morning line favorite is Dime a Dance from post 10, and uh, she finished uh, – a disappointing seventh last time, but obviously he's been facing some tough competition with Darlin on the beach. Another Ron Burke trainee. And it looks like the Burke trainees are going heads up. And actually, she's not the morning line favorite. Seven times the Virgin is from the inside. But uh, Dima Dance will get the starting spot right behind her, or will she? Do they start 10 across at Hoosier? Yeah, they start 10 across at Hoosier Park. Okay, well, then she's, not, then she's not going to get – then she's not going to get the uh, the start behind seven times the Virgin. So I digress. <laughs> Listen, I think Diamond Dance has got um, is a very good horse. However, I don't think that she is as good as the rest of this field. I think two to one is going to be a severe, severe underlay. Yankee Moonshine raced really well, Mike, in the Simpson um, off a third place effort in the Jugget, and then a third place effort at the Meadows in a um, series race uh, there. Seven Times a Virgin is a horse that's kind of interesting, Mike. The Circle City, um, which uh, is a so, yeah, it's a Circle City for three-year-old Phillies. Yep. Uh, she was second to Lakeisha Hall, who put in a very game effort, 151-3 and three mile. Um, and Lakeisha Hall's no slouch, Mike. John DeLong gets the uh, drive again for himself here. I think seven times a virgin is going to be the horse to beat. Yankee Moonshine um, with Yannick Jingra aboard is also, you know, listen, when Yannick comes for the money, you definitely want to watch out for the Burke Brigade. Mike, race 11, uh, if you're done with race 10, I'm sorry. I'm skipping ahead of you here. <laughs> That's right. Five fire right past me. I'm uh, I'm coming the last. No, you're coming okay. the last quarter in thirty five. So just uh, go ahead and blow right by me. Race number eleven is the Carl Erskine and Mike. It's Carl Erskine, three year old Carl Erskine, my friend. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate it. Anyways, uh, it features <laughs> Bar Hopping, who has won two straight. What, what is so funny? That happened to me today, by the way. That happened to me today. No more further comment. What do you mean? I said no more further comment. Go ahead. Oh, okay. not by you, not so, uh, by you, not by you, but just. Oh go ahead. yeah, yeah, I know. Listen, bar hopping. Uh, you know what can you say about bar hopping? Bar hopping's won two straight, including the Breeders' Crown Championship against Southwind Frank and Double O Lindy. Um, Mike Sutton uh, put in a good effort in the elimination. Just didn't have anything left for the final one fifty two and three. I think bar hopping is uh, much the best here. Dason, this is an interesting. Uh, interesting play here. Trainer Ron Burke putting Dason against champion bar hopping. I think it's going to be a little bit of a tough trip for Dason, but I will say this. Dason put in a 152-2 and two effort at the Meadowlands two starts back. So I got to think that that was some sort of a prep race for here. 
Well, certainly. And then there's another horse, Mike, that uh, I'll tell you is a very special horse to a very special person uh, who we've had on this program. MJB Got Faith is in here uh, racing for $220,000. And I'll tell you what, if this horse can manage to pull off the upset of all upsets, there won't be a dry eye anywhere in the Hoosier State. Let me tell you that right now. Uh, of course, owner Brianna Carsey, very, very special uh, young lady, special story there with that horse. And uh, actually, it's on the archives. If you want to go back a couple of months, we had uh, Brianna and her father, Brian Carsey, on this particular program. But yeah, bar hopping is obviously the elephant in the room. He's made over a million dollars coming off of two straight wins, the Olympics and the Breeders' Crown Final. Uh, just another one of uh, a, a long, long list of the army of Jimmy Tactor. Bar hopping is certainly the one to beat. Not that he can't be beaten, though. I'll tell you, like you say, you've got some nice horses in here. Sutton's very good. Dason is... Uh, I think the unknown factor because this horse I think has got a lot of talent and uh, is stepping back up against the big dogs here. So we're going to have to wait and see. And also another horse I want to mention, Mike, uh, obviously he's going to need some luck, but Waylifter K, a very unfortunate start there in the Breeders' Crown. And we talked to Andrew Harris uh, before that with uh, Jennifer Otten. Uh, here we go again. Jessica Otten. Here we go. Here we go again. Here we go again. Already a week after the interview, I'm still calling her Jennifer. Just gotten had a chance to talk to Andrew Harris back in the uh, paddock before the uh, Breeders' Ground final there in Weightlifter K. He was very, very excited about that and uh, broke right at the start, but still was able to kind of race decently. I mean, was able to recover and was able to race even. So we'll see if Weightlifter K can bring a little bit something more in the Carl Erskine, maybe underneath. I'll tell you what, a 20 to 1, that could be uh, very, very good. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Mike. Race number 12. You're welcome. The monument circle. The monument <laughs> circle continues. It never ends. Three-year-old Colton Kelding pays $200,000 is the person. Here we go. Check six. Who was brutalized? Mike victimized in that Breeders' Crown uh, final when uh, he was squaring off against the likes of Lion Snyder to that uh, 53. And well, look at everybody's liking it now. It's going to be our most liked thing on Twitter. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> check, check, check your, check our Twitter page if you if you try to figure out what the hell we're talking about. Check six was in that big speed duel <laughs> with Lion Snyder, Mike Carter, in the in the Breeders' Crown final, and that's what allowed Racing Hill to sweep on past like they were standing still. Check six did remarkably remarkably well to finish third in that race <laughs> in forty eight and four. Remarkably, remarkably, he finished very well to finish aluminum. Can you say aluminum? Yeah, aluminum. Aluminum, 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 yeah. Can't. Okay, yeah. A lot of people can't. Anyway, check six hey, race well to finish third in that race. It is seven. This thing's going off the rails. It is seven to five boarding line. Manhattan Beach was a good closing second. Kind of followed the winner racing hill at sixty to one. They're almost to pull off the shocker of the lifetime. But uh, check six has been installed the seven to five favorite. Obviously, I don't fathom uh, that. Check six is going to have going to be roughed up on the front end as he was in the Breeders' Ground. Do you? Oh yes, I do, and I'll <laughs> tell you why. There, there's a ho- listen. No, I'm I'm not kidding when I say this. The okay, nine horse, okay, Mister yeah. Wiggle Pants. No. All you have to do is go back and watch the Carl Milstein Memorial, the Ohio Sire Stakes Final. This horse has the ability to go 25 to the quarter. That's all I'm right. saying. 
Yeah, okay. in fact, the line, the 25 line that I'm talking about is actually on the program that we're looking at. Four starts back on September 3rd, where the horse finished second, only missing a length in 151-4. I think Mr. Wigglepants has got a big shot against this group. 15-1 uh, is your massive overlay price. I think wow. Mr. Wigglepants is winning here. You heard, it here. you heard it here first. That's a good release, Mike Carter. A lot of, I'll tell you what, that could be a very interesting opening quarter. I Personally, just, from and, and, well, listen, and you know, a lot of, I mean, if you don't watch Northfield on a regular basis, you would never know that. But, I mean, you know, this horse has a strong ability to leave and set some early fractions. If he can go 25 and 3 here, I can't even imagine what he's going to do at Hoosier Park. Holy moly, this could even be more uh, wicked in the first quarter than the Breeders' Crown was. So stay tuned for that. Good inside information. Uh, Mike Carter, by the way, has had a chance to see this horse race several, several times. If you want to move on to the Meadowlands, Mike, second race, uh, the Kindergarten Classic final for two-year-old Colt and Gelding Trotters and uh, the Great Walner. What a specimen this horse is. This horse is just a complete beast, easily in the Breeders' Crown. Four and a half length win, 153. The world record three starts back at Lexington. Uh, this horse is uh, what I would have to think would be the next best thing in the trotting division. Obviously, this horse is full guns blazing to the Hambletonian. Granted, he could stay healthy, and he's in post nine here. Anybody uh, have a chance of uh, unseating Walner? No shot. No shot. I think Walner is uh, is the play here. I mean, Walner, six for seven lifetime, has only missed the board once ever. And, of course, that was the race where he didn't win. So, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. But I think Walner is going to be the wrapped up with. All right. By the way, Mike Carter is a little bit under the weather. So, that you know what it was? It was sitting out in the cold Friday night is what it was. No, no, no. It, oh, Friday night at the Meadowlands. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. yeah. I'm trying to freaking think about what you're talking about. Yeah, listen, it was it was cold <laughs> up there. Listen, it was about 30 degrees for those of you who don't know. But uh, yeah. Mike, I had to sneeze there. Walmart, I think, is going to be the horse to, uh, you know, it, it is just too good of a horse for this group. And, you know, I, again, I can see another 51 mile coming out of uh, – Coming out of Walner, another. But if you're looking for a little bit of uh, a little bit of value underneath, Mike, um, I think international money could present that value. Explosive Ridge could potentially uh, pre- present a little bit of that value. But another horse that's kind of interesting here. Um, he started from post eight last time out. He broke the start before that. Is uh, simply Volo for trainer John Bootenshade. All right. Listen, let me ask you a question. Have you ever had to sneeze during a race call? once but that's not listen it's, i had it happen one time but that's not and this is a story for another day but the pigeon coming into the announcer's booth yeah we've heard that, that story a hundred times but that's not that's got nothing to do with the sneeze yeah i mean you didn't have to sneeze at the same time or something did you you didn't have a cold at that time no did you? no but listen hey listen i remember i had to have almost have you come fill in for me a buffalo at one time remember yeah, I remember that, and I'll tell you what, it was three feet of snow, and there was no damn way I was coming, even though I was telling you different. Anyway, race four was the, the kindergarten classic final two-year-old Colt and Gelding Listen, I'd have been there. I'd have been there for you, buddy. Two-year-old yeah, Colt and right, Gelding Face, race four, going for a couple hundred bucks uh, under $150,000, and uh, the morning line is saying it's airstrike from the Joe Holloway barn who has uh, really put it together as of late versus Chip Walter, who is all the way out in post eight, who has strung three straight wins together is another product of the Nick Surring stables and uh, trainer of Miller, Marcus Miller, 
in the bike. And, uh, of course, we had a chance to talk to Nick. We didn't really mention Chip Walter, but uh, here's a horse I think that is obviously riding a good wave of form after being double-digit odds uh, all of late September and all of early October. And this horse has really stepped it up a notch, and uh, I think this horse could take the next step and make a name for himself here. You know, listen, this is a horse that uh, I'm not too big of a fan of because he beat me by a nose last week. (laughs) (laughs) You cannot cannot carry a grudge in this game, Mike. You cannot do it. Listen, I think – I think you remember I had an uh, airstrike, but no, in all seriousness, Chips Walter looked very sharp last week, uh, really closed home nicely, came finished up for driver Marcus Miller. Marcus is back in the bike at the Meadowlands. I think Chip Walter's got a big shot. Max Jackpot, Mike, um, he was coming late and only missed by a half a length, 26 and four final quarter. I think Max Jackpot, if you can get five to one, it's going to be an excellent value play in this race. By the way, Mike, uh, hypotheticals, first-time Lasix from spot four for trainer Tony Alani and driver Yannick Shingra, who's uh, getting, the, getting the drive here. So might want to keep an eye on hypothetical for a possible long shot. Kindergarten final, two-year-old Philly Trotters, race number six, uh, has the field of 10. And the morning line favorite right there is uh, Hill Armbro, a horse that broke in the Breeders' Crown last time out, was 14-1 to on the board against the likes of Ariana G. Now, in the limb, she finished a very good closing third in that two-year-old Philly trot, and she does have some speed. So I'm thinking that, that she is definitely a deserving favorite, although I kind of like Sunshine Delight, who really took the fight. Uh, took the fight to him in the Breeders' Crown final at 132-1. to I mean, just raced lights out, and I think if she can come forward or even duplicate that effort for uh, trainer Stefan Lind, I think she is going to be very, very tough on here. Alarmbro's got no shot. No. I, I just, okay. I, I'm going to go on record and say that right now. Uh, no, I, I'm not a big – I'm not a big – I say – now, listen, I said that, and I look at the thinking, you know, Alarmbro you, – who, who, okay, you look at Alarmbro, Mike, who's the first horse you think of that probably has some sort of breeding in this horse? Who? Desarmbro. Oh, sure. Who, we talked yeah, there you are. Yeah, right. That's right. Of a fan of. So, I, so I look at the breeding, and sure enough, it's Muscle Hill, Dream Vacation. Mm-hmm. There's no Desarmbro, but I still think Colombro's got no shot. <laughs> Made a break in the Breeders' Crown Final, so it really, it's hard to tell how good Colombro really was going to be that night against Ariana G and Princess Aurora. Mike, I have to agree with you, though. I think Sunshine Delight is going to be uh, – one of the horses to beat is if Sunshine Delight can repeat that effort. I think three to one, uh, maybe a little bit too short of a price. But Mike, uh, there's a horse that I like that won a division of the Liberty Bell by three lengths, and that's Cranterra. And, uh, tell us a little bit about what you think about this horse. Um, I'm not so sure the field that she beat was all that great. Um, although these two-year-old fillies can come forward very quickly, and she did follow that up with a win in the Keystone Classic, uh, which I was. But uh, she kind of tripped out a little bit, finished third against the uh, likes of Feed Your Head, Overdraft Follow, both which are in this race. Uh, second time, uh, Tim Tietrick in a row, which I'm a big fan of uh, second-time drivers in a row. Not necessarily second-time drivers, period, but second-time drivers in a row. And uh, I don't know. I, I She's 6-1. to one. I think she's about rightly placed in that spot. She does have to move forward, I think, to win. 
All right, race number eight, Mike, is the Kindergarten Classic final for two-year-old Philly Pacers, and it features the horse that uh, we talked to Nick Surik about earlier in Some Omen Somewhere. Mike, Some Omen Somewhere really put in a strong effort last week, and now that I can finally say the horse's name correctly, um, <laughs> I think that uh, I can talk about just how good Some Omen Somewhere is. It's a horse that likes to come from off the pace, can lead, you know, just is a horse that can kind of race from anywhere, and I think uh, Some Omen Somewhere is going to be tough to beat. Well, Mike, the, you know, there's a, there's a couple of horses in here, one of them being Girl Band K that I'm kind of uh, got a question mark by uh, one of the division of the kindergarten uh, last time out here at the Meadowlands in 152-3. and three. I think Girl Band K has got a shot as well. Yeah, it could be. Um, I kind of like a horse by the name of V-String a little bit. Third time Lasix, I even liked her a little bit from post 10 in the kindergarten last time. She just had no chance. I mean, she was, she was, uh, she got away 10th from post 10 and she was uh, squandering out in the cover flow there and, and the only finished five and three quarters lengths out despite finishing 10th place. I don't think that was as bad of an effort as it looks on paper. Third time Lasix, you know, Scott Zeron is back in the bike. One with the source back in the Keystone Classic against Pit Stop Danica, horse who has come back the race well since then. So I think number seven V string has a chance as a long shot in here. But yeah, six some moment somewhere is obviously facing a, a little bit of an easier group here in the uh, kindergarten finals, uh, going for 149,000. She's nine to five, but uh, I'll take a chance and look elsewhere. Well, Mike, that's it. We went around the Hornet. Oh, by the way, 10th race at number three, it's IYQYQR. By the way. Yeah, YQYQR. I had that horse in, in Aaron's Philly a couple of times. And, uh, you know, when I first looked at it, I'm like, what the heck is this? But uh, it's IYQYQR. Just a little bit of a side note there. Anyway, we certainly appreciate everybody joining us. Uh, Mike, we had a chance uh, uh, to talk about. And I know you, you were a little bit detained, but uh, if you're still with us, uh, of course, Southwind Frank uh, retiring today. And, uh, you know, listen, I think that was. Uh, you know, a good move by Ron Burke. I mean, obviously the horse had chronic lameness issues, so is now going to be standing at Diamond Creek. And uh, boy, it certainly certainly stinks to lose a great horse like Southwind Frank to the racetrack. But best of luck to him on his uh, stud career. Okay, I have no clue who you were talking about because I was out. Southwind Frank. What race are we on? Southwind. Southwind no, no, we're done with the race. Southwind Frank. Southwind Frank. Southwind Frank. Uh, you know, here's a horse, Mike, that is. You know, by far, probably one of, uh, you know, the greatest racehorses Ron Burke has, uh, you know, ever trained. And you could tell by the picture he tweeted out earlier, and we actually retweeted on our page, just how much uh, he loved this horse. And um, I think, again, I've missed like half the show because (laughs) I've been working. Were you able to get Ron Burke on? No, Ron Burke uh, was not able to come on, but uh, we're maybe going to try to get him next week, talk a little bit about Southwind Frank. I know we talked about his quotes, and it was a press release that was released by Diamond Creek Farms, and and uh, I think his quote says it all. I mean, obviously very disappointed, and, and I think we all are. I mean, we lost a superstar on the racetrack, Mike. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Uh, you know, we put in a game second-place effort in the Breeders' Crown, that bar hopping, and, you know, these guys have traded blows this entire season. And Mike, Marion Mar- somebody made a good point. Marion at the Breeders' Crown. Marion Marauder only won the Breeders' Crown. I mean, the uh, Triple Crown by about a length total. So it was a lot of fun to watch these guys. Uh, these guys trade blows uh, the entire season. Yeah, it certainly was. Well, we've had a great show. Listen, special thanks to all of our guests. 
Uh, Tony Alanya joining us. Nick Surick, of course, our ongoing series with VIP Internet uh, Stables as well as Pompano Park. And certainly special thanks to Jimmy Tactor for uh, allowing us to come to his stable. It was a, a fantastic time uh, on that Saturday morning. And uh, special thanks to Jimmy Tactor for allowing us to uh, be there and interview him. On behalf of everybody here at Post Time with Mike and Mike, we urge each and every one of you to follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, and of course, log on to our website, posttimewithmikeandmike.com. And also, don't forget to nominate for the awards. That's right, it's that time of year again, the Post Time with Mike and Mike Awards. Nominations will continue probably till about middle of November. We'll certainly keep you up to date on when the deadline is. So you can nominate and and it's very, very simple, and all the categories are uh, right there for you. So just log on to our webpage, Post Time with Mike and Mike.com. On behalf of all of us here at Post Time with Mike and Mike, it's Mike Bojit saying we'll see you next Thursday with Post Time of 7 p.m. could not resist follow us on twitter like us on facebook log on to our website we'll see you next thursday at seven good night everybody